I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a crazy story, a podcast from the Overtake where we tell crazy true stories. I'm Robin. I'm Rick. I'm Abby. I did the full thing then. You I did. think every nearly every week I've forgotten one element. You nailed of it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. We went the other way around though, and I could tell both Rick and I were really taken. It was uneasy, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't yeah. think I've ever noticed that there's an order, but my my eyeline is naturally Just more towards Abigail. Yeah, so. but you looked yeah. at me as you said it, and I had to me and Abby glanced one another, like, and I was like, I'll, I'll jump in. I've it's got this. Just, oh, that's good. Clockwise. So professional. Yeah, I was like step yeah. back. I got yeah. this shit. Great. Uh, do we have any corrections or anything from last week? Any? No. No. Hang on, what did we say about Ethan? We didn't oh, say anything. I listened to him yeah. again today and I was like, phew. We left we, him I out. think we, yeah, so we just don't say anything else about him from now on. Yeah. Um, Good God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, so I actually normally will have a correction because I've said something bad and I and I listened to it and I don't think I did. No. And we haven't had any emails, so that's good. You didn't say that thing so after we finished about your brother lying about not watching Smallville. No, I didn't. <laughs> he, oh was like, God, he was like, no. Small, Smallville for life, son. He did not say that. It was an obscene thing from, a, from Geisley to say. I guess so. that's a um, correction for next week, then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I have a, I think I've got a correction. Well, not a, a correction from last week, but I, I haven't listened back to it yet, but we were quite serious and grumpy last week, I think. Yes. Like, not our normal selves. Like, I don't know what happened, but... Yes. I've just had one of them days. I feel like today's the most serious and grumpy I've ever been. So, oh, oh, really? Well, God. you have come across see. like <laughs> to yeah. be fair. I've I've asked you if you were alright. You said you were. So, <laughs> done my bit. I don't even <laughs> remember that, but I guess my response just came out. You were like, you don't remember? You yeah, this much, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> I said, "Are you alright?" You went, "Yeah." I wasn't actually um, that bad this morning. I was mm. just tired, but then somewhere around midday. I just decided to be in a bad mood. <laughs> and now Excellent. I am. And so. Okay, so let's just make sure we do our stories right. Yes. Um, I don't have a title for my story this week. I'm not thought of one. What? Well, really let me down. I know, that was actually, that was basically what I was bringing to the I plate. actually did a, did a Rick and thought of a proper title. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, mm-hmm. go on. Um, Osborne Reef, a.k.a. Stupid American Ecological Disaster. That's, yeah, that's pretty really solid. That, yeah. I yeah. thought Osborne Reef was the dude and you were just calling him a stupid American. <laughs> I yeah, like, I thought we have like, so oh many God, American listeners, you can't do yeah, that. Yeah, that would be... I mean, I, I mean, I could. You could. They're in America, so what yeah. are they going to do? Come over here and... Just stop listening, probably. Stop listening or... Something. I think I'm going to call mine um, Chateau Martel, the stupid French <laughs> economic disaster. <laughs> oh, oh, both so Ooh, your good. Your sounds really good. I know, but I... I did you see what I did? Was yeah, I just you copied your mine. title? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Abigail, who, right, mine, oh, shall I do the tone of mine? Yeah. Mine's longer. Oh, yeah, mine's shorter. Mine is um, that kind of serious lighthearted that I talked about before. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Let's have Robin's first. <laughs> no deaths. Although, yeah. maybe mine will be a nice dessert to the... To the I feel like if Rick goes first, I'm just going to be wanting to get to yours the entire <laughs> right, time because okay. his is so long. All right. Okay. Um, so, they were, right. 
think back to the 1970s or think back to TV yep. programs <laughs> I was saying yeah. <laughs> that feature the 1970s. Um, so I guess a time of like uh, merriment. Bell bottoms. Bell bottoms, yeah. Um, and uh, so there was this big kind of natural... What are you laughing at? I'm just imagining just people walking around being happy wearing bell bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> Fleetwood Max rumors on heavy rotation. Yeah, like, only yeah. two things happened in the 1970s. <laughs> people were more or less happy yeah. and they had um, large ended trousers. <laughs> yeah, that's basically all that happened, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm led to believe. Um, so there was this big, beautiful natural reef off the coast of Fort Lauderdale in Florida. Mm-hmm um and it you know like had all the usual shit fish and all the just to paint i'm trying to paint the picture shit you usually find in a reef yeah Yeah. Yeah. this is why i normally write news because you're just like here are the facts and no need for any color but it was shit you would find Mm -hmm. in a reef in the 70s like animals and beautiful plants not like shit you'd find in a reef now like skeletons and yes empty plastic bottles yeah 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 like Australians, turtles with a straw up the nose or whatever. Oh, oh that turtle that? with a little oh. squid up its oh, nose. I don't want oh, squid! It, no, stop it! Oh no, I think you're thinking of the one with a eel up its Ooh, nose. Oh yeah, gross! Oh no, that's a seal with an eel. Up its uh, nose. That that <laughs> one doesn't that? seem like our fault. No, that's not our fault. <laughs> okay, but there's the turtle with the straw up its nose and a turtle with a spoon up its nose. The spoon no, one's really bad. Don't. It's well, really upsetting. They get me. saved. The, those specific turtles, those two turtles, got saved by the people. And, they and can how breathe, many? They can breathe out their anus as well, so it doesn't actually <laughs> stop their breathing. Sounds like it might need <clears throat> checking. <laughs> <laughs> Abigail, I will allow that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so they they were like, oh yeah, we have got this beautiful natural reef, um, but we let's see if we can extend it and make it like a, a fishing hotspot for the people of the 1970s mm-hmm. they can take their expensive boats out in fort lauderdale like fish for some nice fish and crabs and whatever you get yeah, in, yeah. in the reefs so oh, seafood shit yeah, yeah exactly so um they they were like oh how can we extend it and also simultaneously we've got uh, two million tires that we are just kind of kicking around that we need to get rid of <laughs> we were gonna burn them but the 70s. I know this is yeah it's the seventies so they're like I know why don't we dump them all in the sea and make uh, like extend the reef. Um, so some of the things had been done elsewhere, so it wasn't like a, a like an original suggestion. Um, and I think you you might have seen have you seen those things where it's like it used to be a subway car and it's now in the in in the sea in as the a sea. reef um yeah there's like a bu- it used to be a bus and now it's in the sea like an old boat yeah, yeah. exactly so like they they d- scientists for quite a while have been dumping shit in the sea for to good, see what re- yeah, <laughs> for good ecological reasons um so uh there's a guy called gregory mcintosh who was an employee of the company that like le- led the project no, no. it was called barrink yeah. all right um so uh yeah so and he said at the time or shortly after the the creation of the artificial reef he said um quote tires which were an aesthetic pollutant ashore could be recycled so to speak to build a fishing reef at sea end quote nice idea nice idea i like that even he said recycled so to speak as so yeah. not actually what recycling he actually meant them. was dumped in the yeah. sea um so the actual process was like um they they thought it was kind of like a fun thing and you can see the pictures online um they they let ordinary people like who have who've got their own like privately owned not boats. scientists were allowed to throw tires yeah, use tires into the ocean it's so irresponsible <laughs> Um, Excuse me, so, sir. I went to four years studying at the greatest <laughs> universities to know how to throw a tire into, <laughs> into the sea. Yeah. Um, so more than 100 privately owned boats volunteered, mm-hmm. um, and also they were accompanied by the USS Thrush, which I think says a lot about this project, mm. quite frankly. <laughs> the US. Uh, <laughs> um, and they they dumped thousands of tire bundles. Um, like just like onto the reef and mm-hmm. like in the area of the reef so in the end they deposited over two million tires and they were all bound with steel clips 
um, and it was over 36 acres, which is 150,000 meters squared of the ocean floor. It was approximately <sighs> 7,000 feet, which is 2,100 meters offshore, so like two kilometers offshore, um, at a depth of 65 feet or 20 meters. So it was like, actually, to be fair, quite close to the shore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, yeah, there was like, yeah, 36 acres worth of tires. That's a lot of shit. Can you guess what happened? Uh, uh sh- no. No. Well, it went wrong, Rick. That's what. Oh, shit. <laughs> um. So, uh, first of all, no marine life latched onto the tires, uh, which was like quite the opposite of what the purpose of the. Just fussy, aren't they? Have been brand new tires? They've been straight on it. Just, yeah. Well, that's uh, it. Yeah. Not even crabs. No. no. Well, like virtually no marine life. So I think some of some little corals. Yeah. Attached on in some places, but one of the problems was they weren't heavy enough. So like the bundles, because they were bundles of like a few tires like tied together, um, with this like with these steel clips, um. So they moved around because actually the the, the current of the sea is quite strong, and mm. mm. uh, I think a lot of um marine life didn't like <laughs> being attached to something that moved around all the time. Weirdly, would you have guessed? Uh, yeah, <laughs> um. So yeah, so there was that which was bad enough. So it just was like a wasteland, um, and then. As an additional thing, the steel corroded, which is, I think, does not take a genius to work out that if you put... Are you telling me they weren't using Sheffield's crucible stainless steel? They weren't, no. no. Utter fools. That's just ridiculous. So, yeah. So, all just like, the steel all corroded. Uh, Essentially, what they were left with was two million loose lightweight tyres just in the sea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, literally just bumping around in the sea. Um, so any marine life that had latched on at that point before they corroded, you know, like all came off because they were bouncing around in the sea. <laughs> um, not only that, so that is like that's bad enough that they've dumped two million tires in the sea, making a mess. Mm-hmm. But um, they actually in a, in storms they hurtle around inside the sea and they smash into stuff including the natural reefs that are there <laughs> so, <laughs> so not only do they did they dump a load of shit in the sea but it actually actively destroys Just the, the small worse. amount of also somehow they're reef. on fire <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um so i've got uh, oh yeah so like for, for example uh, in 1995 hurricane opal uh, spread over a thousand tires um, onto the Florida Panhandle, so they're, they're spreading everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 1998, <laughs> Hurricane Bonnie deposited thousands of tires in onto North Carolina beaches. So they're just going everywhere oh under the God. sea. Um, so one of the guys, one of the guys from the company that started the whole thing, said, "Brickvick was it called? It wasn't Brickvick. Ba- Barrink. Barrink. Don't yeah. sue us, Brickvick. Just some free." Pepsi or whatever you make. What do they do? Yeah, they are part Pepsi of Pepsi now, aren't they? I think. Oh, probably. what are they called? OJ? There's like orange drinks. I don't know. Fuck mm. it, let's continue. No. Everything's owned by <laughs> Pepsi now. Um, so this guy Ray McAllister was like, uh, "quote the the really good idea was to provide a habitat for many marine critters so we could double or triple marine life in the area. It just didn't work that way." I look back now and see it was a bad idea. He <laughs> <laughs> said that like it was his sole motivation. You just wanted to get rid of some tires. Tires, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. Uh, so there's a there's a guy as well who describes what it's like down there. Jason Jack Jakov and Co. Definitely didn't say that right. Mm-hmm. He's an army diver um, who said you get down about twenty. Oh, quote you get down about twenty feet and it starts to come into sight. It's actually really, it's like the moon or something. It's weird. It doesn't look like anything you could imagine. It's just tires for as far as you can see down there. <laughs> End quote. Wait. Just, his name's Jason Jackoff and Co. Are you sure he's not like a masturbation company? Maybe. Jackoff and it, Co. It might be like what? Jack Oven Co. Jack what Oven Co. is a masturbation yeah. company? Yeah. <laughs> like a, a flashlight. I feel like I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I might be a masturbation in the soul Just a trader. Sex toy company then. Yeah. Um, Sperm bank. An adult <laughs> toy company. Oh, yeah. Oh, we can masturbate too, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you are allowed. I have decided, women. <laughs> they provide flashlights for the guys in sperm banks. That's true. That I guess just porn site just is a masturbation company. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. There we go. We've um, nailed that, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, eventually after noticing the ecological disaster, they were like, hmm, let's get rid of these tyres. Um, so the first person who started what? You know what eats tyres? Bigger tyres? Yes. <laughs> Monster truck tyres. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the first thing they were like, um, this, this person called Dr. Robin Sherman, who's, that's like my name, mm. um, was... Uh, able to coordinate the removal of only 1,600 tires from the reef. Um, so she start, she started, she raised the funds. Um, it cost $17 a tire, and this was back in 2001, I think. So, which is the equivalent of about $25 now. So $25 a tire, and there's 2 million of them. You can, you do million. the maths. Fifty million. Is it 50? Yes, it could. <laughs> <laughs> that's really easy maths. <laughs> you know what's funny though is that a billionaire still could literally just clean that up in a just day. Just do like yeah. it, and for they fun. just don't. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's true. Tesla could do it in five. Not Tesla. Musk. Yeah. Elon Tesla. Elon Tesla. He could do that and fire them all into space, and they'd be gone forever. Yeah. yeah. For like a, in like a day. Yeah. Yeah. And he exactly. doesn't. He could do it in his brick. little submarine thing that he he said definitely could have rescued those kids. I bet yeah, you, it could finally have a use. I bet yeah. you if some scientists cleaned the ocean before he did, you'd call him a pedophile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, they did it. They're just some kind of ocean pedo. <laughs> um, yes. So, uh, yeah. Um, they, they, so that kind of worked, but obviously it was a ridiculous expensive, ridiculously expensive. They also tried, like, trawling the seabed, mm-hmm. but it's, you can't really do that because, A, it creates an enormous amount of damage, and actually, B, there are a few tires that have got corals on them, so you can't, you're not actually allowed it, now it? to just, like, like, scoop up all the corals out of the sea. So Maybe if we leave them, they'll just... They'll just destroy the entire reef and we'll have done with it why doesn't someone just go down and clip them all together so they'd be too heavy to move (laughs) (laughs) Um, there is there was a guy i watched a video actually about this guy who um had this plan to make a giant net over the whole thing Mm -hmm. and then so they interviewed this guy and he was like right i'm gonna do all these nets to contain it um and the other people were like, all the scientists were like, oh, well, you just got you don't want to make it worse. Like, you don't want to create a situation that's even worse. So it yeah. all needs, that all needs testing and studying, which can take like five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the other, the other element is now they're all so spread out that like, it's, it's not even, yeah, yeah. Like there's, there's obviously like the main patch where they all still are. And then there's just like loads of them that are spread out. So it's actually not even, you know, like if you're going <laughs> to clip them together, you might as well take them out of the sea, I guess. But yeah, that is a, that's a good idea. Yeah. I'll tell them. We'll solve, we'll solve it. Solved yeah. it, yeah. Um, one really good thing that they did do was they had the army come in and do training, like things, um, and they were like um, real world training in wartime salvage ops. So oh, okay. it was as if they were, yeah, I don't know, like it was as if they were rescuing things. Well, they did. They would the get them on the deck of the destroyers. They'd be in the pajamas and they'd say jumping swim to the yes. bottom grab a tire and come back yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. how the navy's trained yeah, i believe yeah um yeah so do you know what that's a reference to abby i'm gonna be honest with you i totally zoned out <laughs> Fair enough. what did you say the, did you ever do a swimming lifesaver badge or like i think you have, did you have to do it for your, like your bronze you well basically you go oh, to the swimming pool as a child in your pajamas and they make you jump in and swim to the bottom to grab a brick do they do that in Italy? They didn't make me do that in my pajamas. <laughs> Dad is <No>. really laughing. <laughs> yeah. In your pajamas. Yeah. yeah. Just in case, just in case you live by the sea and need to, and you, and need you to escape. You, in case you, in case your town suddenly floods and you need to escape at night time, <laughs> you're a child. Yeah. I uh, I didn't like properly learn how to swim until I was about eleven. Like it seems it seems kind of insane that your parents should have to organise teaching you to swim. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's some things that, like, we, when Ethan was on about that, he couldn't ride a bike. Was it Ethan who said he couldn't oh, ride a yeah, bike? Oh, yeah, I couldn't do that yeah. either. <laughs> yeah, and it's, like, fine if your parents don't teach you to ride a bike. It's not important. Like, it would, it's useful, but but most people never use it. Yeah. But swimming is, like, a life-saving I mean, they skill. do teach you in schools, but the thing is you're expected to already have a certain level of yeah. skill, and actually they're really horrible to the kids that don't. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. I, yeah. I remember thinking, oh, that's embarrassing for those kids. I literally anyway. almost, yeah. <laughs> I, The school I went to, I was... They just because I was from a poorer family just assumed that I was would be in the lower class, so I'd like oh. swim in like the infant the, like, the the shit pool, 
Um, and then one day, I used to go swimming like every single week with my friends. Mm. One day in class, as he was going to the big pool, I was like, Sir, do you know that Richard can swim? And he was like, I don't believe you. And I was like, Yeah, I can. <laughs> and like sw- swam two wits underwater. And then he was like, Oh, yeah, you should probably be in the other class. I'm like, Yeah, damn right, I should. <laughs> I mean, all, all these oh eight-year-olds who are drowning in, like, two <laughs> feet of water. Oh. But I didn't learn yeah. to ride a bike until quite late. Uh, yeah. Oh, Jada doesn't know how to ride a bike. Oh. Shit. Well, if you ride a bike and you run, it's probably going to be okay. Yeah, I mean... Can you ride a scooter? Yeah. No. Mm. I mean, it's basically yeah. the they same They do thing, have scooters in Milan, though. I've like, heard, I've yes. seen the films. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I can ride a bike well i technically can ride a bike but then I, I bought a bike recently and i realized that i can ride a bike as long as i don't have to like turn any corners or take my hand off the steering wheel wait not steering wheel what's it called? <laughs> no bars, yeah. which is actually crucial to riding a bike yes i'm really um, scared to ride a bike these days because i don't have any balance no. anymore like mm. i'm just it terrifies me i've noticed that walking around with you sometimes i'm like whoa where's she going yeah. oh she's just, just <laughs> she's just leaning over here for a bit yeah. <laughs> yeah um i can't talk because i i, I do have good balance but i trip over things really easily uh, abigail can attest to that because she's laughed at me multiple times yeah, sorry um, people falling over things is just like it's always funny to me i'm not sorry yeah. <laughs> no, you like won't. unless it you die funny. i'm gonna laugh yeah yeah Sometimes you ever do that thing where you you want to laugh, but you just want to check they're all right first, and then once you know that they're, they're laugh fine, first, you can check laugh. later. Usually, oh, I'm laugh laugh laughing check as yeah. I check they're all right. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, because that cheers people up because you're like, hey, you're all right, mate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you ever do the thing where somebody falls on the street and you don't know them, and you kind of like, you're all right, and they're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you go, you're all right, and they're like. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, uh, and then and then you just walk off as if you never saw anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think the polite thing to do is just pretend you didn't see it to yeah. begin with. I mean, I think if they if they look perfectly fine, I would I would yeah. pretend I didn't see it. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, if they've got like a broken ankle, don't pretend you can't yeah. see it. <laughs> yeah, there's like screaming for help, and you're like la la la. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. So the army did these um special ops training ops. Um, and, re- and like re- rescued some of the tires whatever like reclaimed some of the tires um, and Obama like did a speech where he praised them um, and said that it was really good that they were helping the environment you guys have gone and got our tires back <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's how you do Obama you yeah. just leave just leave long pauses massive gaps where the normally be one <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah but actually the army only did that for a couple of years they stopped in 2009, um, and so as of now, they've recovered 73,000 tires. So basically, like what 1.9 million to go, essentially, if you run it up. Uh, Just yeah. There in the ocean. So, and that, as far as I'm aware, is the full story, as of now, of the. Osborne Reef, a.k.a. Stupid American Ecological Disaster. You could have built so many tire swings instead. I know. That was stupid. They Two million. Yeah. 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 It really, it Think about how many carnivals could have had, like, the trimming around the edge oh, of yeah. the bumper cars. That's, oh, yeah. Where do yeah. they come from? Yeah. Bad times. That was a good story, although our planet is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just thought, you know, we haven't really done one like that before, so about, I thought we'd do it's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I can't even remember what I called my story. Something about Something some, French, to some Frenchies. Uh, I apologize to any French listeners as I'm probably going to butcher quite a lot of French names here. Right. So, cash your back your mind back to 2001. I can remember that. When that bloke, Robin Sherman. Woman, actually. The lassie. Yeah. The, the, the lady bloke. <laughs> Robin. Was that lassie. Not that okay. lassie. Robin yeah. Sherman. Yeah. Not, is lassie not all right? Is that like a... Yeah, yeah but lady fine. bloke isn't. Oh, lady. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Actually, that's me. I probably have a lady bloke. Oh, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, she's yeah. sorting out that. She's fixing problems. She is. Meanwhile, in, in France... Mm. There is a family called the Verdrines. Verdrines, mm. I will change how I say that throughout this podcast. Just a note, we don't do pronunciation. So yes, it's just going to fuck this up and the you're going to have to deal with it. Uh, and they are uh, like a French noble house, like from ant- antiquity, like the grandfather, grandfather's grandfathers had money and they're still rich because of it. Okay. Uh, and they live in Chateau Martel in Bordeaux. Sounds in lovely. The that was all correct, which yes. was. Mm, it was like impressive. ah Bordeaux like the wine <laughs> <laughs> Martel like the mar- martini Martel's a spirit as well is it uh, and then Chateau like, like just the, a word everyone like knows like Gatto <laughs> yeah. but made of yes. shit <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway so there are there's tons of the um, Verdines um, but there are four that I'm just going to tell you about very quickly there's the grandmother and matriarch of the family Guilme, Guilme. <laughs> I can see. It is spelled G U I L L E M E T E. Jada, do you speak French? Yeah. yeah. Give her. Do you want to give her the paper and she can have a go? Oh, I check the oral. The the the. Oh, Gu- Guillemet, yeah. Guillemet. Don't worry. Wilma. Don't worry. Guillemet is not in the story all that much. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, and then Guillemet. Yeah. Uh, and then the she has two sons, uh, Philippe. Who is 63 and uh, executive for Shell, the oil tycoons. Ah. Uh, there's uh, <laughs> Charles Henri, who is 63, uh, gynecologist and local politician. He is married to wow. a, a woman called Christine. She's important to the story. Okay, and then the um, Charles Henri and Christine have a daughter called Ghislaine, who's 55 and runs a secretarial school, Paris's top secretarial school called Le Femme. Secretaire. So there's already Ooh. too many people. Yeah, to don't worry. Of. These characters come and go. I just promoted the note because I'm like, I oh. need to remember who they are. Right, yeah. so anyway. Um, Ghislaine, who is our main character to begin with, um, is married to a man called Jean Merchand. Why mm. not? Um, uh, yeah, she runs this really fancy secretary school and then she starts to get pally with uh, an, uh, our antagonist, Thierry Tilly. Tilly? I'm going to say it like this. Tiller. Um, um, and he's brought on as like a general administrator for the secretarial school he's just putting in like a new computer system doing a lot of their admin getting like a POS not POS but he's he's sorting registers out and shit Um, he's like at first John Marchand is a bit like suspicious because she's talking about him a lot and he's like "Uh, who is this uh, man you are talking about and she says something back in a similar accent Um, but he's alright he's got a wife a kid she has a wife from a previous marriage. It all seems above board. It is fine. Wait, did you just say she has a wife from a previous Sorry, marriage? Sorry, he has... Uh, <laughs> his wife has... A, he has a daughter from his wife's previous marriage, is okay. what I meant to say, but I did say she has a wife <laughs> from a previous marriage. Yeah, Thierry Tilly is a bloke. Yes. Um, anyway, um, eventually, um, Tilly starts hanging out with them at the Chateau Martel. Uh, because they're like French aristocracy mm-hmm. it's like kind of like a big deal because they have like these huge parties and huge banquets and uh, even though they're still like quite aristocratic and quite involved with one another they do like it's very much like french high society and this bloke comes in um and they're all a bit cagey about him because they're not fans of these outsiders particularly just this guy who's like 35 and started working at this school um but Ghislaine um is considered to have the best common sense of the family and be the best judge of people. Mm. So quickly he becomes a part of the furniture and people like him. 
he doesn't talk about his life much. Um, and when he asked about like what is his past experience, he doesn't say anything other than to say that he used to work in espionage, so he can't really talk all that much oh, about God his career. Say, that is a brilliant yeah. way to just That's, get out of revealing anything that to about me yourself. Would be a red flag. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. an intern came in here and we were like, oh yeah, so what are you studying? He'd be like, to be fair, oh. wildly different yeah. scenarios. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can only relate things directly so, to work. People are <laughs> suspicious of him, but um, as he's charming and he gets to know people. He knows lots of people in lots of different industries, mm. um, which to the the uh, Verdrines is kind of par for the course in what they expect from people because yeah. they're upper class. So the fact that he knows all these contacts that they yeah. don't know is fine and kind of like solidifies like, oh, maybe he did work in espionage. Maybe he can't talk about his life and that's fine. And he also asks two of the brothers if they want to in, um, like invest in the, this project he's got. Um, and he promises 10% return on their investment every month. Oh, oh is he a con I mean, it's oh. like... It pays off. Oh. They get 10% back. So Yeah, well, they start off like that, don't they? They're like, oh, yeah, now give us it's the rest of your and money. Ours, but soon it's screaming and biting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Philippe and Charles-Henri are like, yeah, no, fair enough, man. Um, that's all right. Um, and he's like, oh, I work for this 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 company called the Blue Light Foundation. And they're like, okay, and they can't really find, it's a humanitarian aid project. They can't find out much about it. But what they do know is whenever he gets a phone call from a man called um, Jacques Gonzalez, or Jacques Gonzalez, um, that he becomes very secretive uh, and always screens his phone calls and he calls uh, Gonzalez um, the president. I had that written down in French and I just think it's like on president. Uh, <laughs> okay. But let's just say it's translated. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, he's working at the school. He starts getting in, the family starts to like him. Now, this is something I didn't know about Parisian real estate. Yeah. <laughs> Quite a lot of it is owned by the Masons. What? The <laughs> what? what? The, the, the gentlemen's group. Of, oh, I know who they yeah. are. Yeah, the Masons. The Masons. Oh, I thought you just meant, like a family. No, 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 not know. like Philip Mason. J- and, yeah. Um, no, the the, no, the secretive organization. Yeah. Uh, and they're particularly interested in real estate in southern western France which I think I believe is where okay. Bordeaux is mm. um, and he let slip till he let slip the, the interest in buying the building that the secretarial school is sat at mm-hmm. very interested to the point where they might start harassing the family so they're kind of they're interested in this because they might know Masons and there's reason to believe it uh, but for the large part they ignore it apart from Ghislaine who is his employer um, she starts to uh, become quite paranoid that this is happening um and she starts to see mason masons active wherever she mm. looks um so at her daughter's wedding they have a wedding and then she's like i've got to go back from bordeaux back to paris to open the school for the start of the season her husband's like of course like bon we oui. what do they say yeah. See Good ya. Yeah. Um, and she goes, but then she comes back. She comes back to the like little summer house, um, and she comes back, and in Jean Mouchon's her husband, mm. into his face doth she throw a pair of gloves and some dead flowers, and she what? says to him that um, these are a sign that you're working with them. The dead flowers outside of our apartment in Paris is a sign to this organization. Uh-oh. You're working against us. Um, and they split up. Not only do they split up, she gets her two brothers, Charles Henri and Philippe, to kick him out of the house. Um, and he travels back to Paris. Uh, like he, they put him on a train. And he travels back to Paris. Um, a couple of weeks later, he wants to go back to the house that he was kicked out of to find his shit. Basically, you know, mm. pick up. Um, and while he's there, he looks through her emails, which is not cool in any other situation no. with this. Where he finds also like what? What are you trying to? We try to prove. Yeah. Um, but he finds an email that reads like this: "Throw the flowers and give. Sorry, throw the flowers and glove at him. Tell him these are signs of his evil network. <gasps> give him half an hour to pack." Jesus fuck! This is taking a turn. Oh, this is the only the first twist. Oh. Actually, well, kind of. So anyway, 
Can I just say, it was only when you said emails that I realised this This is set, like, recently. 2001, yeah. yeah this like, is in my mind. Um, so Ghislaine becomes more and more paranoid. Um, staff at the school, the administrator's staff, starts to notice uh, that she's obsessed with the ideas of the Masons monitoring her and money just starts disappearing from the, the, the school's, like, bank account. Um, what did I say? Oh, yeah. She becomes more obsessed with the Masons and... She puts Tilly, um, Thierry Tilly, in charge of um, school security. Now, what's worth pointing out is at this point, he is now the highest paid member of staff at the school and her personal confidant, which is French for confident. (laughs) Um, And yeah, she puts him in charge of security. And it's like he hires all these goons to like patrol the halls all the time. And then there's one instance where he locked the school down. So all the rooms were all locked with staff in them. Yeah. Um, when a man came to visit, that man was Jacques Gonzalez, the oh. president. Uh, now, no one got a glimpse of him save for one teacher who could only say that he looked like a short man in a hat. Oh. That's it. That's all we know about Jean Gonzalez so far. Uh, eventually, the staff stop being paid at the school and the school closes down and Ghislaine, bizarrely, with her brother Philippe and his partner, not his wife, uh, start living in the school that's got no heating or water. Oh. I mean, I guess these families, they don't actually have money often. They just have a lot of assets. Yes. Yeah. And he, they're probably just like, oh, shit. Yeah, there's lots of all this kind of going on. Uh, anyway, Philippe's mm. wife, not his partner, who's living in this abandoned um, like school, um, where they move out at Christmas because it gets t- too cold to live in there. There's no running water. There's mm. no heat or anything. Um, Philippe's wife... Um, it's getting a divorce with Philippe. He's, mm. And she becomes very suspicious of Thierry, on, uh, Thierry not Henri, <laughs> the footballer. The footballer, she just doesn't like the yeah. look of it. Thierry, Thierry Tilly. Uh, and because they're beginning a divorce, it forces a financial investigation into the Virgin, the Virgins and Tilly. <laughs> the Virgins. So, yeah, this I'm family... I've only had one drink and... The, I mean, virgins or virgins? Well, just, just that you said virgins. Virgins, <laughs> actually. made me laugh. I, I, I wrote virgins here, which is why I said it wrong. The, the you started an investigation into the virgins. virgins. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they have to, like, the French authorities have to start investigating because they're getting a divorce and they need to start splitting up assets, all that kind of shit. And they're investigating the virgins and... Uh, Tilly, who've started to become more and more financially merged, like mm. there are now companies with the shared names on, um, you know, like on the register. Yeah. Um, and Tilly forces them as many as he can to move back to the Chateau Martel, and they become known as um, oh, fuck, I didn't write this down. The, the recluses of Montfruglia or something like that. Oh. It's the region. It's like the town that they're in, but they become known as like eccentric billionaire recluses who all live in the chateau. Um, he bans clocks and calendars from being in the building. What? Um, and they tell themselves it's a way an attempt to stop time to stop this change that's coming. Um, the family the family starts like sell their assets, leave their jobs. Like um, Philippe and Charles Henri both just leave their jobs charles Henry's a gynecologist and just leaves the practice one day Fuck. um some of them some of the children of the family like leave their partners um christine's newly married daughter just leaves her husband who she just married and sells a house and all this money is going to te- um to tilly they're just giving him all this money um so tilly starts telling that this conspiracy against them is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and that the family is a part of le equibly sorry Equilibre du monde, which means the equilibrium of the world, um, which is an offshoot of the Knights Templar, which are, which are kept secret um, and need to organize when the world is in peril. They of need course. to be ready to act. Of course. Yeah, I'm in that too. Yeah. Um, at this point, um, they'd stop paying their taxes entirely, so the French government started <laughs> seizing at the assets. Oh, no. Um, <sighs> at this point, Tilly's like, right. I have fucked the France game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to move them to Oxford, England. Oof. Oh, um, yes. Lovely. So very slowly but surely, he moves them over through a series of like landlords. Some of them, he, he, he manages to screw over in ways that 
people end up living in houses for 18 months without having to pay any kind of rent because of the wow. way he catches them up in all these legal games. And he's very clever at working the system, but eventually he gets all all of them across to England, all this this French aristocracy. Whole family, yeah. And they all took on like average jobs and like I mean distinctly average jobs. So well, like working in Pratt or whatever. <laughs> um Pratt would have been an upgrade. Oh. One works in an ice cream parlor, one became a waiter at Nando's, one was a cleaner in Burger King. Shit. Cleaner One, and Burger King, that's yeah. the worst. Christine, I think this was a reference to Christine because she comes back, she's important. Worked in a shop kitchen uh, in two of them, including the guy who was the gynecologist, like a trained, mm. intelligent man. Had um, his own practice. Uh, he, no, he, sat, he, he worked for the Oxford Garden Company, which is just landscapers, and he had like the lowest possible job, which was just digging oh. the ground. Um, not that there's anything wrong with those jobs they're all no. noble pursuits but it uh, is like if you're a trained gynecologist I mean yeah particularly for the one who's trained to be a doctor the rest of them is like they what literally go from being before, like a vagine a vagine a, the vagine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're a, a vagine uh, my name is my name is vagine I'll be inspecting your vagine <laughs> um, and so one of the landlords, whose name I can't remember, an, an Irish guy, and he, he lighted out them a few homes, mm-hmm. said that one of the uh, references he saw proving the, the monies was mm-hmm. under the name Jacques Gonzalez, oh. the mysterious president. Mm. Um, so at this point, it goes crazy. Uh, <laughs> at this point. Yeah, at this point, <laughs> this is where it goes crazy. So Tilly starts to mentally abuse and torture members of the family, in particular Shit. Christine. Um, who is the daughter of the woman who employed him originally Uh, and he says that she's the one uh, like the one capital T capital O like a chosen one um, and that she knows the codes to a bank account that she'd been told in her youth that have the treasure um, that the equilibrium of the world are looking for and within that treasure will solve the problems. Fucking hell. So she's routinely like drugged and questioned at length and locked in rooms for days. Um, it was, this has not been legally proved yet or come up in a court of law, but the likelihood is that members of her family were joining in as well and torturing mm. her. Um, but they've not been talking about that because of what happens. Yeah, so that's um, just alleged. Yes. Uh, meanwhile, her son, Guilherme, um so he's a new character, Guilherme, mm. has just entered. Yeah, um, like William. Yes. I'm looking at Jada like... Guilherme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Probably. <laughs> oh dear. So, no, it's all right. It is. No, that's not how you say that. Is it? It's G U I L L A M M E. Guillaume. Guillaume. Um, he is getting more and more into Tilly. He likes Tilly. Okay. In fact, he becomes Tilly's assistant. Is the only one of them that's allowed to have a non-menial job. Like he works in an office with like quite a good pay. Um, but yeah, he's getting into Tilly, and he's getting into. He's liking this jock gonzalez guy he likes the sound of the president mm. uh, and he's getting into the, the mysterious blue light foundation um and he's kind of like look, almost looking to replace tilly as this man in charge of being this connection to the shadowy underworld uh, who is this guillaume. is guillaume yeah, yeah. Uh, and he arranges for the sale of the the chateau that's it the chateau is gone they have Shit. lost their ancestral home um, oh my god whoa what were they thinking so this is like kind of a weird thing that happened while that was going on uh guillaume at one point applies to do a driving test in britain <laughs> under the name jacques gonzalez uh and he shows up to the test in full prosthetics costing nearly a grand and a half that's applied by a, a makeup artist um like he's in full the article i read uh, which i'm going to reference because it's very very good um, said it's like a Mission Impossible style fake face, fake face. Jesus fucking um, yeah. Christ! Anyway, the the proud noble workers at the DVLA are like, he looks weird as fuck. Yeah. And they get the police to investigate. Because you can tell that like, up close. Oh you yeah, can you tell. can tell yeah. that that's not a real man's face. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. They report him to the police, and he just says, "Oh, my little mistake has been caught." Mm. Um, and they're like, "Why? What are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, I was doing this for Jock because he's out of the country." And they're like, "Why?" Didn't what's going on anyway doesn't really get punished i think he pays a fee like oh. he just gets let off by the bobbies i always think me and my sister look very similar 
she yeah. passed her driving test first time. I failed five. <laughs> I, I reckon I could send her with my driving license to do my to test. And I reckon I'd pass. I think maybe I'll do it. I think you would be a danger to the road. Yeah. <laughs> no, you... honestly, I'm a very good driver. I just can't concentrate for 40 minutes. And that's the problem. So, <laughs> so long as you're only driving yeah. for 44 minutes, <laughs> it's fine. Like, you don't, like, people with ADHD have got, you've actually got to inform the DVLA oh, that yeah. you've got ADHD because they think you will be a danger. Which... I want to write about because I think is atrocious because mm. lots of people are very stupid and the fact bad you drivers. five times has got <laughs> yeah. nothing to do with you. No, <laughs> no, it, it, yeah, I just happen to be stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I mean, well, I don't anymore, but I used to be in loads of ADHD forums online and oh my God, they're awful. Maybe I'll talk about it another time, but the so, people are bad. Yeah. Um, the the dreams. Uh, at this point, they're all in like, they're all in England and they're all kind of like, stealing money from each other and setting up companies and there's all it because there's like 11 of them in total mm. forming shell companies with each other and money's money's disappearing everywhere and they're all at each other's throats um but without unconfirmed all this money is going someplace and no one knows where it's going but right. tilly is running the show for the other dreams now um anyway christine the um the one the one um who's being tortured um she's working in the kitchen the vegetarian kitchen of a popular cheese shop in Oxford, in Oxford's covered market. Oh, um, how lovely. Yeah, um, <laughs> which is run by a bloke called Robert Pouget. Um, French as well? I don't think he is French. I think he's uh, English because okay. there's some dialogue in here and I'm like, I don't think he's French. But if he is French, he's been living in England a long time. <laughs> okay. Um, he was known around the town as Baron Bobby. Oh, he's a, He's a lovable... <laughs> chap okay he's yes. not a cockney but i might do him as i might sounds, do him as a cockney i'm sure he's fine but he sounds disgusting he does sound a bit he's like hello it's me baron bobby yeah. come into my cheese shop yeah <laughs> it's exactly what i was thinking yeah. to be honest so anyway he likes christine he's employed her and she's in the kitchen and he's a bit worried because um she perpetually seems to be tired and have injuries mm. and she's a bit old for this job because she's like in uh 50s at this point i think okay um but he employs her on a trial shift and he finds her to be very attentive very articulate like very uh, focus oriented good attention uh, yeah. she's detail. really yeah. good at the job yeah. uh and he's impressed with her and also um he enjoys speaking french with other french speakers so oh. wait a minute like, you said he you didn't think he was french but i that i <laughs> I can't tell. He can speak okay. French, certainly. Okay. I think Fine. maybe he's like second he's, generation French. Okay. Yeah. Um, but he can speak French. Okay. Um, and anyway, he's speaking to her um, and they kind of get on. And he's like, wait a minute. She's way too posh to be working here. Um, you can tell from the language she uses because they, they speak like Because presumably it's yeah. exactly the same yeah. in France as it is in the UK. But. Yeah. Bon or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so these quotes come directly from an article in Vanity Fair by Michael Joseph Gross. Vanity Fair. Fucking yeah, bang, they bang mm, this yeah. article. This guy, Michael Joseph Gross, is great and he becomes a character in the story. Oh. Uh, not much longer. I've only got okay. another bit. No, to I mean, go. I'm loving it. Yeah. Um, so he finds out, he asks her what's going on, like, where's your money? And she's quite ret like reticent to tell him. And he's like, no, you just tell me. Just tell me what's going on. I'm, I'm not having this. And eventually, she tells the whole story to wow. Baron Bobby. Um, and she's like, she says that she feels guilty that she can't remember these codes to these mm. bank accounts. Jesus fucking Christ, they've brainwashed yeah. her then, haven't they? And Bobby says to her, he says, I told her, you don't remember because there isn't any money. It's all made up. Um, and then he's like, um, you've got to reach out to your son, Guillaume, because he's now a bad lad. Yeah. He's one of the baddies. Uh, she said that she was afraid to call because she thought the phone was bugged. Um, and she says to Bobby, uh, Bobby, be careful. You don't know. Tia Tilly is an all-powerful man. Ooh. So Bobby, Bobby is a... Well, actually, Bobby does not give a flying fuck. Ah, uh, what? Yeah, the quote goes, Nonsense <laughs> sniffed Pouget. He's just a little creep and dialed Gwillem's number. Oh, Bobby's really growing yeah, on me. Exactly. Yeah. First you're like, he's like, oh, cheese. Horrible yeah, selling. Like, man. Come yeah. work in my restaurant, old the woman. The cheese baron. Yeah, the cheese baron of, of Oxford. Yeah. And it turns out he's the cheese baron of Oxford with a heart of gold. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Christina's on the phone to her son on speakerphone in his office so he can hear what's going on. And he's listening in and he's shocked at how rude William is to his own mother. Um, and he says that he told his mother in French that she was an older boy 
a nightmare. And this is why I think that he might have been raised in England, is that he butts in because he will not stand for that rudeness. <laughs> it says, uh, oh, Ian, um, William says to his mother, mind your own business. Don't worry, things are under control. Just fucking leave me alone. Pouget thought this was very, very rude. And interrupted, saying, listen, you little shit. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you speak to your mother like this? She's a kind lady. She's trying to contact you. Where are your manners and where is her money? Oh. So maybe it's French just, people would do that too, though. I yeah, they would. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I met Raymond Blanc, and he's a prick, so I don't like, know. Le, t- le petit mer. Yeah. Is that how? Um, and then Guillaume's like, "None of your business." <laughs> to which yeah. Bobby replies, "I'm making it my fucking business." To which Guillaume replies, "I don't have to speak to you." Puget, ace card, says, "You may not have to speak to me, but you will have to speak to the police." Yes. Yeah. So anyway, um, Puget then provide some support for christine and convinces her that she needs to get out of the country and in fact being in england she's still under control mm. so he manages to get her in touch with one of her friends back in paris and a few days later she meets her friend from france in london and they fly back to paris and she's escaped the cult yes. and she gets in touch with the lawyers and they come down and um the arrest is put out for thierry tilly who is eventually arrested in amsterdam i think on like a business trip uh, and her lawyer who comes in to help them um, is a, an anti-cult specialist and is like oh yeah it was definitely a cult and he was brainwashing them um, so Tilly himself ends up in prison for 10 years for kidnap, brutal treatment, extortion and abuse of the Vadrine's family um, however the jewels, paintings, monies properties and family photos and heirlooms are never ever recovered to this oh. day so they are now bereft. Um, oh, so uh, I mean, like, if you sold all that shit, I mean, like, and no one. The thing is, no one knows where the money went as well. Mm, well, it went all to Tilly, didn't it? Exactly. Well, well did oh, it? Did it? Okay. So Michael Gross, Michael, was it Michael Joseph Gross? Yeah, Michael Joseph Gross, mm-hmm. who wrote this article, couldn't leave it there. Like a good journalist, yes, he love was it. like. I'm going to tip off this and fucking do some investigative journalism. So he pops off to France, or he might already be French. I don't know. Um, And he's like, why is no one trying to find down this Jacques Gonzalez? And it's not easy for him to do so because there are fucking tons of Jacques Gonzalez in France. Yeah, It's a very common name. Because Gonzalez, you'd think of as a um, Spanish Spanish, last name. And Jacques is obviously... Uh, French. French. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, he's searching and he's like basically going to go through phone books and doing all the really boring shit that investigative journalists actually do. Uh, and then he manages to get to, through someone and finds an address on a suitcase that Ooh. Guillaume owns that's addressed to go to Jacques Gonzalez, the president, the mystery man at the top wow. of this entire scheme. Um, so he goes to Paris and he finds this little house that's quite like in a, just an all right apartment mm-hmm. that's fine um it's got a big it says a big like jg on the door and he's like oh that's garish and he knocks on and the man opens and says yes and he's like oh that's weird like that's the same as someone in chicago and opening the door and saying we like they're in oh, paris yeah, yeah, yeah. why doesn't oh, yeah. he answer him yeah. um and basically he invents him and he gets to talk to him and he denies knowledge of everything with a smile on his face so he's asking like do you know oh. who Thierry uh, Telly is, and he's like, no, no ideas. Like, you know, William, yeah, and he's smiling, laughing his tits off. Yeah. Gross leaves thinking that he's got the wrong man, and he's like, well, you know, it it could be a coincidence. He didn't seem to know anything, but he'd be acting real weird about it, but maybe he was just thought it was entertaining. Yeah, maybe he's just like, yeah. Six months later, the French authorities rest him and another man called Pascal. Um, And when they go into his flat, into. Gonzalez's flat, they found 334,000 euros in cash. Um, numerous objects, including lithographs, watches of great value, bottles of vintage wines, an opulent wardrobe. And he was also known to own a BMW 645, which I assume is a car. Um, <laughs> and another 86,000 euros stashed away in cash. Jesus. Um, and him and his colleague were arrested. Wow. Um, the, the dreams never got their shit back. Aww. It is like, okay, fine, you sold the big old villa, the chateau, but like, you probably should have kept the photos. 
probably. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess part of the control thing is it's just like let go of your old life. Yeah, you like know, I think you don't the, need any of that. The lawyer obviously they could put um, Jerry away, but I think the lawyer's still working on the rest of the case because okay. they're basically brainwashed. Yeah. Uh, and some of them adopted back to regular life. Like was like, oh cool, I'm not part of a cult anymore. I'll just yeah. continue being a French. Like oh, I learned me. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then some of them have like had real problems. I think William, uh, William in particular, yeah. has really struggled not to be a cult head. Yeah, because he was like, I, I, I'm assuming he was kind of like in it his entire life, basically. Like no, no, like they're um, all adults in this story. No one is a child who grows up in it. They, like the end of the story is like 2008. It's like oh, seven shit. years. Oh, that's, yeah. yeah. So they like fully grow. I think William. I don't have his age actually, but. Um, he's gonna be I think he's in his, his, in his late 20s early 30s yeah. probably yeah. like he just bought into it he just drank the Kool-Aid Whoa. but there you go that's that's the Virgins the Virgins oh, that was really good that yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that I stumbled a lot. across that I was like whoa yeah. I mean they actually look that up now and, and like they should do a documentary shouldn't they they should I thought it would make a good film <laughs> um, but yeah you can read that was a very abridged version of Michael Joseph Gross's article Aristocrats and Demons on Vanity Fair. Nice. You use one of your th- your four free reads a month. Oh, is that how is that how it works? The Watcher was a Vanity Fair one, I think, as well. How did you good shit, Vanity yeah. Fair? Vanity Fair's so good. So I thought they just did like so fashion good. stuff. Yeah. At the top of the article, they had a live video of um, Caramo from um, oh, yeah, I love that guy. Queer Eye. Actually, he's not my favourite. Like, he's my least favourite Queer Eye. Oh, him yeah. and a woman I didn't recognise. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like him and a woman I didn't recognise interviewing like the great icons of the day oh. on the red carpet. And I was like, is this live? But it's a weird thing to have on the on the video. And I didn't have the sound on, but he looked like he was having a great time. Yeah, like good old-fashioned magazines have got loads of, like, not old-fashioned magazines, but like ones that have been going a long time. Established. Loads, yeah. Yeah. yeah, loads of good shit in them. Like New the New the, U- the, the New Yorker. New Yorker is good. The U Yorker. And even like Vogue, what people don't realize about Vogue is um, it has like big fat features. Like I grew yeah. up on reading those. Like I was obsessed with Vogue. Like it'd be, it's kind of hilarious. Just some really now, good political stuff, but mm. I just resent it as an institution. Yeah. What? Te- it's Teen Vogue that does the good political yeah. stuff. Yeah. Mm. What article did I send you the other day that was from Playboy that you mocked me for sending? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I said, I also read yeah. Playboy for the articles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was about all, all female reboots, something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. It was quite a feminist article. It was a feminist article, yeah. and I think you misunderstood my joke when I said it's by a woman, therefore can't be sexist. No, I did. Oh, you did. Oh, yeah, right, I, fair I enough. Was yeah. play, I played along with it. Oh, okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, yeah, it was a good article. Oh, yeah, I can't sorry, remember I'd, any of it. Oh, I thought we were just doing banter, and you obviously thought I was criticizing you. I yeah, apologize. well, I just thought. Well, actually, what I thought was I was like, oh, have I miscalculated? <laughs> oh, no. Sending uh, an no, article about feminism no, from Playboy. No, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Uh, should we do correction? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there are mm-hmm. many this week. There's, There's probably many. actually loads in mine. I but you just put any yeah. in yours, I would think. Mm. I mean, if you read the full article, you might be like, oh, you've misremembered that. Oh. But let's not, let's not <laughs> bother. You got the, the um, spirit of the story. Yeah, that's true. The uh, so only one species of turtle, the Australian white-throated snapping turtle, can breathe through its butt. Apparently it can get <laughs> <laughs> almost 70%, 70% of its oxygen through its anus. Sadly, it is... <laughs> An See, endangered I, species, so we whoa. won't be able to say that for long. It'll be I dead in like five true, years. I to be true, which is why I was happy for it to be fact-checked. <gasps> yeah. That I knew it was true, so I wasn't going to fact-check yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, just but needed I thought, to know. Yeah. Um, oh and then just a confirmation that Bordeaux is a, a southwestern Southwestern, city. yeah. Oh, it yeah. is? Oh. Yeah. Good, oh, that's good. That's it. Well done, me, remembering yeah. the thing that was written down in the article I read. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That was really good. Oh, I feel quite pleased with that, actually. Happy. Um, Yes, right, let's do some things at the end. Uh, Oh, vampire update. We didn't do the vampire update. There isn't... That's like my theme tune. Oh my God, shut up. It's like a news bulletin noise. Forget it. Sorry. Um... We've we've got some new followers on on the Twitch account. Although I haven't been, so I'm guessing it's the listeners. Mm. Uh, but I haven't been, I haven't tweeted since last week. So I need to really, I need to get someone to do the tweets. A DM's open. Yeah. Okay. Because if 
I haven't if, checked the DMs. Actually. If they're listeners and they know what their deal is, they could DM us just yeah. to be Slide like, I'm in on this joke. Yeah. Let yeah. me check the DMs now while we're here because I have it. I have it open on TweetDeck, but I don't have the DMs for that because I was like, oh, it's a waste of a column. Cause the DM stands for direct message, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. The more you know. Yeah. I um, checked my DM request this morning to see. A request mm. from a guy who wanted uh, to be my sugar daddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you not see that? Put it yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, I saw it. Because yeah. I meant to ask you if that was like genuinely just direct to you or like an internet thing. No, that was to me. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, didn't I got ever it be Wednesday morning. Baby. Yeah, <laughs> got it Wednesday morning, but I don't get like DM request notifications. Yeah, no, not yeah. like mm. not not to come off as rude it was that a bot or is that a real human who sent you that, that was a real i think human. some of the, i've got a few like yeah. do your research you know what just, i mean like yeah, yeah i mean i suppose <laughs> yeah. i think it says yeah. queer that's maybe maybe i was misleading him by not outright saying lesbian <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no don't blame yourself but then i was like bantering about it with Ben, shout out to Ben, and I was like, "Why am I acting like I can afford to turn down a sugar daddy?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I'd love that. I think yeah. I'd be a re- no, I wouldn't be a good sugar baby because I get fed up, and then I and then I wouldn't be that nice to them. Hmm. Um, D- depend, yeah, depends what I have to do in return. If I have to do the bare minimum, fair yeah. enough. What if it's sex? Um, I, I mean, that <laughs> seems like too much work on their part. Like they've got to come all the way here. Yeah. Hmm. I, I mean, you, you can't be that. Men dense, do do things like that. That's true. Surely, we are, are insane as a sex. There must be at least one woman in the actual city in which you live, though, who will willingly have sex with you. Like, yeah. at least one. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, the bar is so low. Yeah, like yeah. I like. The, the I, I agree there probably is at least one woman in every city that would have sex with at least one other man, <laughs> and everyone could possibly pair up. But the bar is so low and men are still missing it. Yeah, <laughs> so that's true. So what have sex with him if you just wash? Like yeah. that's literally all it takes. Have a shower and don't be a sexist. Yeah. And then um I'm good. Yeah. Just put your put your mattress on an actual bed for him. Yeah. Oh whoa, that's a treat. Yeah. <laughs> um right. So yeah, oh yeah, vampire update. There is no update, basically. Mm-hmm. We've got some new followers. I'm gonna maybe try and get someone else to do the tweets because I just do not have time for yeah. doing the tweets. We should get a vampire into. Yeah, that sounded just, like a different you, thing. If you, yeah, <laughs> you want to be, if you want to be the vampire intern and manage the whole vampire campaign, get in touch. Um, you can do it remotely. Should we say we can? Yeah, we can say. Yeah. As long as you're committed, that's the biggest problem with rem- we've tried doing remote interns before and it hasn't worked out, and it's lack of commitment. They can no if they schedule tips. things via tweet deck or something we mm. should be able to make sure it's fine before yeah it goes we can up. check them before they go yeah up. yeah mm-hmm. um cool and Wait, they should follow us yes heading lee quest on yes. twitter uh yeah at at heading lee quest yes. yeah um sometimes it doesn't come up immediately in searches if you search heading lee questioner but at heading lee quest will take you to the right place mm-hmm. Um, what about our social media? Our social media, you can follow us on Instagram at Here's a Crazy Story or on the rest of the social media at The Overtake. Um, please contribute to our Patreon. I think you can, what did we say you can do it from? Like, it's 57p a week. Like, but with it turns that, out like 63p. Like 63p yeah. a week, which I think most people can stretch. You to. can even buy a Greg Sausage Roll for that. I think I'll probably hoover that up each week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so do you. So yeah. just give it to us instead. <laughs> yeah, it me- it means it means a lot to us. All our patrons mean a lot to us. We know who they are. We talk about them fondly in the mm. office. They're all beautiful, beautiful and people. We're Humans. quite close to being able to cover rent. Yes, which, which is, is very exciting. exciting. Yeah. yeah, and like not just it's actually not just rent. It's rent plus the other costs. If, of if we if we get to five hundred patrons, I can leave my sugar daddy. Like that's it. Oh now. yeah. <laughs> Oh, poor Beth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, that's it. Should we say thank you to producer Jada? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Annika <laughs> was so reluctant. It was, I was oh. going to risk saying, like, grazie, but then I would oh, just get mocked. Oh, then you felt so. embarrassed. Is that thank yeah, you? Like, I guess it is, yeah. Yeah, it was close to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. It's not, not gra- grazie. It's, it's like, grazie. Grazie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Grazie. 
I think I think maybe the part of Italy. I think maybe the part of Italy you're from, all the words just trail off at the end. It's like grazie, Giada, Aurelia. Could be that you don't actually really know Italian, Rick. No, I've 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 forgotten more Italian than most English people have learned. Excellent. Um, and Annika Vadical, who does our social media, who's sick today? Which is great. She's sick today. Sick, yeah. Wow, <laughs> she's an inspiration. It's just like one of those kids that's really good on social um, media. Feel um, better. Yeah, no, she, she's she's not going to listen to this, but no, feel better I think anyway. she does listen. Actually, after we said that a few weeks ago that we didn't think she listened. I think she does. Oh, did Correction. she call you out she on listens. it? No, she didn't call me out on it. But she's too I nice remembered to after we'd said that that she has talked about episodes that she's listened to. Oh, cool. So I don't think she always listens immediately like as soon as it arrives in her on her app which is why we do have to tell her what they're going to be about when you know the pictures what mm-hmm. they're going to be about so yeah cool so she'll hear this in three weeks when she's already feeling better yeah, yeah i wish you well <laughs> yeah she probably won't even remember i think maybe you wishing her better as well has made her better in the future uh, <gasps> well, i spoke it into existence it is she dies now we're gonna feel all <laughs> yeah, we'll just edit it out <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um cool all right uh thanks everyone bon nuit that's oui. good night in french what's good night in italian Jonathan? oh hang on buona noche buona because if anyone's not gonna give me that one <laughs> yeah. okay um Podcast over. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.